0: Hello, Isn't this like the song that you would find yourself going into a matrix or something, guys? I mean, I, that's how I feel. Don't answer that question. I know I'm asking a bunch of ridiculous questions while the music is going on, but I just always feel like that's a good way to start it. Welcome to the Pick and Pod podcast, everybody. I'm the host, Mir Gori, joined by Matt Costantini and the new guy on the block. I'm
1: not going to give you the nickname, but... Emmanuel oh, Goodbody. you got to give him a
0: nickname. No, no, I, he I didn't guess... want
1: it. He didn't want it. He Aww. didn't want it. Now that, just, no, no, you, know, you I, can't I, keep the listeners in suspense like that. Now say the nickname.
0: All right, all right. So first of all, I gave him Pride of the Berbers. Then Matt Breen messed up on a text when he was trying to say Berbari is the last name. He said Berbers. So now we're just going to give you Berbers. Just and go ahead. Th- you that, know, that I works. think that's great because, like, you know, ESPN is Stu Goths, right? And he's such a great guy and a great personality on ESPN, but that's not his actual name. Like, his first name is I think Anthony or Andrew. You know, just kind of a pretty generic name. Anyway, everybody, uh, so now to basketball. <laughs> it's <laughs> been a long day for me. I, I, you guys seem way more energized than me, but I'm just I'm going to try to chug along, and I'm really excited to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, the things that we're going to talk about today, everybody, is just going to be focusing on just the recap of the past week. Um, also, we're going to touch up on Knicks and Nets, which is something I rarely do. Um, but I think that they're, it's more pertinent to talk about them this week than, than usual because they've they've had some just interesting things happen the past week. And also, you know, we're just going to talk about, like, teams that you should look out for for the upcoming week as, you know, teams on the rise or teams on the decline. So the first thing I'm going to ask is I'm going to give it to, to the new guy first. Feel Matt, free. We got to hear what he has to say. Berbers, what do you think of just the past week? What was, like, a big takeaway that you had that you were like, Oh my god, this is crazy good, crazy bad. You know what did you think?
1: I'd say the one thing I took away from the week was that people need to stop overreacting to the Cavs. Thank first and first and foremost, absolutely every, every, everyone's absolutely going crazy about the Cavs uh, thinking that they're going to underperform, something like that. It's easy to judge through 8 games when you see them at the lower part of the conference. You just think the world the world's collapsing, the sky's falling. But don't the, you also the, they're think
0: fine. don't you also think though that like LeBron is aging a little bit and people need to stop Absolutely treating not. him like this this human perfection and if he, he even has a bad game, people just have to rig him. Like, do you feel like people are a little like expect a little too much from LeBron? Because that's always been my opinion.
1: I think they always expect too much from LeBron because he's LeBron. But Fair. he's past his prime clearly, but LeBron passed his prime isn't everyone else past their prime? It's a, it's a very it's a very very slow decline that's going to happen with LeBron James and even when he passes his prime which I think is going to start to happen now He's going to still be almost on top of the world. I don't see how, how
2: you can say that he is an obvious decline right now when he is still it's not obvious. Either top ten, or top decline. five,
0: physical, physical, every
2: stat right now.
0: I mean, his hairline shows he's on a physical oh, decline. His hairline
2: makes it come back in All right, a let's regression not go there. every year.
0: His hairline like forward back again. You know, like a. Shade. But as you get older, we you don't. just get
1: on a physical decline. See, the but the problem his performance that I have, is still going to be there.
2: The problem that I have with the Cavs right now is more of depth help and. Tyloo saying that LeBron not playing in training camp has really like got him out of shape. LeBron looks like look, like he's in the best shape that he's been in in a while right now. He knows that he's the guy that needs to lead this team into the next phase of their of their season without Kyrie Irving, and I think that he looks phenomenal. Right and now. also,
0: how about Dwayne Wade just going off every day on the news? You know, like last week he or not last week the other day he was talking about how this year's Cavs is like 14. Uh, heat you know and how it's a bad marriage this team is very and much then, different than the and then 2014 today, heat and then very to, different and then today he said any team wants to come in here any team that that can, wants to come here can come in here because no one cares you know i'm I, i'm not sure I'm not if, with
2: him on that i don't I know, think but, the
0: people fear the Cavs right now i know but why is he saying that shouldn't he keep that in-house
1: if you want someone who's on the decline it's Dwayne wade he shouldn't be out there making no, waves but he, but, when he's one of the less talented players on the team. But don't you think he
2: should keep that in-house? I mean, that's just... Yes, I don't know, that's my completely. Opinion. He should keep that in-house, but... Sometimes you do have to go to the media and make a splash to try and get these kids on your team to be like, hey, we need to get moving. We are expected of much, and we need to just
0: be better.
1: The Cavs are a pretty experienced group,
0: whatever, Yeah, he even said nobody's a rookie in here. But for whatever reason, I'm just thinking these are shots at LeBron somehow. And I don't know why, and I don't think that's very fair to say, but it's just a feeling guy. Anyway, I want to just say, lastly, on LeBron, I actually think he's in a physical decline, but skills-wise... I think he's on. He's actually in peak LeBron mode I, in terms I'd agree of there. just his I'm shooting efficiency and his accuracy. I think that also comes. He's with doing experience. a much better job passing
2: this year. He's getting a way more assists than we've ever seen from him. And other than that, I just think that he's doing much more for this team than he has in years past.
1: Yeah. And that's why LeBron past his prime isn't going to be noticed that much because his skill set is going to allow him to still put up top tier numbers. Yeah, that's why I it think- won't be the people who don't watch won't say, "Wow, LeBron's on a decline." He he's to look at his line and they'll see top-of-the-league numbers. And
0: I think that's kind of my takeaway, just transitioning back to the question, is that my biggest takeaway this week was not necessarily Cavs, but it was LeBron. I'm really impressed with LeBron because, it. you know, people always think, oh, do you think of LeBron as this amazing athletic body? You know, and almost like... He, they don't they don't give him enough credit of, of just his his like just how much of a savant a basketball savant he is. but he's really been absolutely fantastic in terms of developing his game year after year after year and having the drive to do that also because you know you can also get tired of it, right? I mean, everybody loves somebody or something, but at some point they get tired of whatever that thing or person is. But LeBron always finds ways to get back, get his focus back in on, on his game every summer and finding ways to develop that. Maybe less so than in the past, but the thing is also maybe he doesn't need to work as much on his game as he did before. But I just think he's just been absolutely fantastic in this week, and that's something that has really gone unnoticed, I think is that people are talking about what's wrong with the calves, but no one is saying LeBron is about to turn 33, and he looks better than he did when he was 30, in my opinion. I think like he's not hitting 2009 LeBron, and he's not um, 2012 Lebr- or 27-year-old LeBron, but, but 24-year-old LeBron and 27-year-old LeBron were... Two of his best seasons from a statistical perspective and also from a just physical perspective on both sides. And I really thought, I think that this year, even though the Cavs have looked, eh, I just got to say, you know, I, I've been a LeBron hater for a long time, but he's looked
1: amazing. That only bodes well for them moving forward. And they, they're exactly. going to find chemistry. And going, then if LeBron's doing what he's been doing, they're going to be in pretty good shape. Going right. back
2: to the more overall Cavs point. This is still a team that's playing with Isaiah Thomas, who should improve on. A, who's also, a weak point guard core for them right he now. He can
0: get you a win at, at the in, like last five minutes of a game, no matter how messed up his hip is. And as somebody who's had hip problems, and and I know I know Berbers has as well, right? I mean, we know what 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 the labrum tear is like, but even still, like that does you don't lose your shot. You know, I mean, you might lose a little bit of elevation, which at five nine, I guess, would matter. But unless he you're would still fights. have a presence, I can but, shoot. Well, you know, he's,
1: I can well, still shoot. I well, have a labrum tear.
0: All right, well, Cavs just, just signed Berbers over here. I mean, he's what? You 6'4", right? 6'5". Six, six, five. Five. six. Oh, five. we got the new starting power not forward. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you should be on the Florida basketball team. Anyway, Costantini, we've we've been ignoring you a little bit on this. I, I want to know, what is your big takeaway this past week?
2: I think it's the East being maybe better than we thought it would be before the season started. Absolutely. I mean, granted, better, it, it is early. We're only, what, 8, 10 games into the season right now. But I think two teams that really shocked people so far are the Orlando Magic and the Indiana Pacers. I want to start with the the Magic just because they're kind of a team that's just been like middling in the East. There haven't really been anything. But guys like Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon are really stepping up this year. And especially in Gordon's case, he is finally showing that he is taking the next step in his career, and he's becoming more than just the guy that does the flashy dunks and wins dunk contests. He can score the ball efficiently. He can rebound well. And even with Evan Fournier, he is leading that team in scoring right now, and he's looked very good.
0: Gordon is no longer just an athlete on a basketball court, but a basketball athlete on a basketball court. Yes. You know. um, let me ask you this. Does the fact that Miles Turner hasn't played much for the Pacers recently lead you to believe that the Pacers can be even better? Or you think they're going to regress a little bit because they have to incorporate him in? I was just about to
2: get there. I... I've been watching some of these guys very closely because I'm a big fantasy basketball player, so I gotta I gotta stay up on that to stay ahead. And a guy that's been performing out of his mind right now is Demontis Sabonis, who came over with Oladipo from the Oklahoma City trade. I know I know you oh, wish you good. might have him right I,
0: now. I no, I, I have him on my fantasy league, and I wish him all the best. Guy's been putting he's up really double good. doubles
2: like crazy. He's scoring at a very high rate, which wasn't expected of him. He's rebounding well, and he's doing this all without Miles Turner, which people might think, oh, he's going to regress when he, when Turner comes back because he's either going to go to the bench, see his minutes restricted, he's not going to be a focal point in the offense. But I think that, when Turner comes back, these guys can form a really lethal front court for the Pacers, and that's not even—we haven't even talked about Victor Oladipo yet, who is showing that he is comfortable being a go-to guy.
0: Oladipo is a great player on a bad team. That's typically what he is, and the Pacers, in the end, to Berber's point, is that I don't think the Pacers are going to be great for long. But oh, I don't, I don't no. think so either. Not to shut you down or anything, but we just got to keep it rolling. The Knicks, speaking of good front courts. Do you think that the the fact that Hernan Gomez has not been playing much, not just his brother with the Nuggets, poor guy who has mono, but also the 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 Knicks, Hernan Gomez, as well as Porzingis taking on such a brunt of the load, I worry, and I was I, Jackson and I were talking about this on Facebook, is that I'm a little concerned of Porzingis continuing at this rate for the rest of the season because he does have a bad left knee, and that, that hurts his trade ability because the whole front office knows about this in all the NBA, but also, can he continue at this rate, and, and do the Knicks need to incorporate Hernan Gomez in?
1: I think Porzingis can play at this rate. I think he's that kind of talented, and we've seen it throughout the first seven, eight games, but... He the always falls apart, The durability is a concern.
2: I don't know. I don't really see that he's been taking on, like, a high-stress play style so far. He's been taking more jumpers. He hasn't really been in the post that much. Oh, no, I much. don't.
0: Not not I, I mean the
1: responsibility. Consi- c- consider this guy's body frame. You're at seven foot three, and to do the kind of things that Porzingis does on the basketball court, it takes a toll on your body. And he needs 33 a three minutes a game so far. Which yeah, he if, needs to put on another 10-15 pounds of muscle. Yeah, It's not a tremendous load, but... Over the long haul, it definitely could be a tremendous load. A- and the Knicks, speaking to your point on Hernan Gomez, I'm a big Willie Hernan Gomez guy. Loved what he did last year. But the fact that Ennis Cantor has been able to play and play as well as he has, I think that's that's one of the biggest keys. Oh. How I do like you feel so about
2: far. Kyle Quinn getting minutes over Hernan Gomez? I think that's just well, a the travesty thing is, I right I really
0: now. like O'Quinn. But the thing is, is that they're playing him out of position. I've always thought O'Quinn is a small forward not a power forward. He's got good jumpers, and he can rebound. Why can't you make him a 3 and D? And you put Hernan Gomez at the 4, backing up Cantor or starting. You know, Cantor has all-star ability on the offensive end for a center. He's absolutely fantastic. I've been saying this since he was on the Thunder. People don't want to realize also that he's become an average defender. But the thing is, is that, you know, Gomez... Gomez won't be a superstar, but he could be a super duper role player star kind of guy. Like you're your fifth best player, fourth best player in a starting five. And and they're not developing him. And that's that's a poor use of of, of valuing and developing the commodities that you have on your team. So if a front office is evaluating from a just a, a value perspective, Hernan Gomez, you're just wasting value. Like just trade him at that point because the less you play him, the less value he's going to have on trade markets. So
1: I either agree with you that.
0: you play him or you trade him. And why are you wasting this poor guy's time, you
1: know? But on the other hand, I think Porzingis and Cancer up front is a really really good thing for the next It's really good. It's working it's out really now. good. But we'll have to see what happens. They
0: need to give him more points. They need to move Kylo Quinn to the 3 in my opinion. Costantini, real quick, what do you think of the Knicks?
2: Yeah, I mean, they kind of just are what they are right now. They're a 3 and 4 team, 3 and 5 team right now that really hasn't They've shown flashes in some of their games. I mean, who saw Porzingis hit that three from the logo the other night? That's just the sea- That's the floor of what this kid can do right now. He's just so talented, and I, th- I don't think people are talking enough about Tim Hardaway Jr. and how good of a offseason signing that was for the Knicks because he's brought another shooting stroke to this team that they've desperately needed. And right now, I just I see them as a as another middle of the road Knicks team.
0: Okay, now transitioning. Sorry, Burbers. Do you want to get in on that? Real I, quick? I was just
1: gonna say, if you're a Knicks fan, throw out the record for a second and look at what Porzingis is doing to show that kind of potential and to show that skill set this guy's freaking nature yeah, we all knew it but now without mellow in there you're actually seeing the it. guy and that's the way it should be moving forward so i think Knicks fans have to be really content with what's going on right yeah,
0: now. yeah i mean as somebody who's still loyal to the Knicks, even though you know my, my fandom has kind of shifted to the thunder since they came to oklahoma city i have to say the the Knicks seem to have a direction under mills i do not like what Porzingis' brother said at the news the other day. I think that's a little unfair towards the front office. But then again, all the quote-unquote BS that Kristaps has had to deal with, I think it's justified. I'm gonna that. give him a little bit of leniency yeah, after I'm, this offseason. Yeah, I really will. And you know, this this the 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 the, fa- the issue still remains of the ownership. Until the ownership is cleared, I think it's gonna be stained not just on the Knicks in New York City put on the nba and
2: i think that fans are willing to give him some leniency too because they love this guy like they, oh, will, yeah, they die yeah, for this man because
0: you know perzingis is a global brand you know new yorkers really like that there's the foreign appeal then the the, the even keel personality which most new yorkers are not so they they gravitate obviously to the opposite kind of personality transitioning to to the other side of uh, of new york city brooklyn uh the nets you know uh Everybody wanted to say how they were second in the East. I was like, "We'll see." I like that they have a, a good system of veterans with Damari Carroll and others for for the Nets as well as uh, as well as Mozgov. But Berbers, um, you know the Nets. You you, you think they're going to be a little better this year? You're still obviously they're going to be lottery team, but you think they could get out of the bottom five, maybe?
1: Possibly. I, I thought they were going to take a step up all along. I think mm. the Lin loss really hurt them and, and what they were that trying is so to do. That's so
0: sad. He it ruptured those ligaments. Heartbreaking.
2: He's such a great guy. Watching the video of it and him just instantly realizing that he knew he was done for the year, that's just heartbreaking. He's a
0: good basketball player.
1: I don't think that hurts them in the long term, but it hurts them for what they were trying to do this year. I think they'll definitely take a step forward. You're already seeing the positives with what D'Angelo Russell's doing and some of their role players surrounding him. So they're definitely heading in the right direction, but I don't think it takes away from the fact that they're still going to be pretty much a bottom feeder. Can they squeak out of that bottom five? Probably. There are some pretty bad teams in the East. Yeah, I Conference. think there
2: are way more worse teams than Nets this year. The fact
1: that we're even, a week into the season, wondering if the Knicks could surprise people and be like a 9 or 10 in the East makes you think that the Nets could be even better because when you just because evaluate... Because there's more cohesion yeah,
0: in that locker room yeah, than the yeah, Knicks has.
1: Exactly. And when you evaluate the entire Eastern Conference and you're trying to list teams worse than the Knicks or worse than the Nets and you find that many teams... The Nets could be out of the bottom five.
0: I think the Nets will finish. The Nets will finish eleventh in the East, and then depending on how Western Conference teams will fi- will, will will match up, I I kind of see the Nets being a seventh or eighth slot in the lottery if you just go by that. order of record, not by obviously how the lottery is going to line yeah, up. I don't. Costantini, what do you think?
2: I don't see Atlanta or Chicago being better than the Nets in the East this year, so they're safe at least that way. We'll have to see what happens in the West, like you were mentioning, but. Like on the more team level, on the on guys who are on the court, Demarcus Carroll's really giving this team a really good defensive identity, and he's diving for loose balls, he's getting steals, he's leading the team in steals right now, he's really good on the defensive boards, and another guy that is stepping up for them at the right times is Rondae Hollis Jefferson. They drafted this yep. kid thinking that he was. That he was better than his teammate at Arizona, Stanley Johnson, who went in the lottery, and they got and bit- who
0: also has become even better than C- uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope. To be honest, those those two guys were kind of neck and neck, as well as just uh, uh, ju- uh sorry Justice w- uh, Winslow. Justice right? Winslow. Yeah, Justice Winslow. That they have that kind of three and D body type. Rondé Hollis might be the best one out of the four. Yeah, and he's he's actually showing that this year. He uh, he
2: was struggling with injuries throughout the early parts of his career, but now that he's finally in the swing of things again, he's turning into a pretty good player.
0: What does that lead you to think about Lavert? You know, because they're kind of similar players, but I feel like Lavert's more of a two than a three.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that they can play on the court at the same time. I, it can only do good things for the Nets. These are th- these are two really long athletic guys. They're going to be really good on defense. You can hope that you can get some offense out of them and. You'll just really have to see what you have.
1: And moving forward, just a grand scheme, big picture kind of remark. Look out for Jared Allen. Uh, the The numbers don't pop out at you, but he's another body in there. Just a down low, guy nineteen makes years another old, big guy, too. rookie. He's another big guy you could throw he in makes there. Winning plays kind makes of thing. winning plays. So. Uh, for the Nets, he got to be excited about so, him. So you know,
0: if you look at it, just an eight-man rotation, right? You're you're solid. Start, you're 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 starting five, and then three solid guys that kind of come off the bench. Because you know, we usually see NBA teams kind of lean on not ten guy rotations, but more like a seven or eight-man rotation, especially in the playoffs when rotations shrink a little bit. I think you it, like for next year. You rel- I know we're already talking about next year, but let's just do it. I, I really think the Nets should consider you know putting D'Angelo at the two, Jeremy at the one. And and Damari on the bench, with with Rondé at the three, and then Le- either Rondé would be at the four, sorry, Lavert would be at the three, and then they're gonna have to figure out the center situation. I know Bamba looks good uh, at Texas, so they could get I him in the lottery. I don't know if
2: you can bench Damari Carroll. I think I, he's I, too I important think, in the I starting five.
0: I don't. Think, I'm saying for next year, I, I don't think that they need a. It's not a benching per se as as, as it sounds. So you know, more of a rough, six man. But, I don't know if he's but, that kind know, of player though. I don't know. I just I really think that he would he would he would shore up that that bench line because if you've seen the Nets in the last three games, I mean, they kind of just die off when the second unit comes on because they just have they just don't have anybody on that team. So anyway, transitioning to my favorite segment of the the whole pod, which is going to be teams to look forward to for the for this upcoming week. And I you know who I'm going to mention. You guys know who I'm going to mention?
2: I don't know who you're going to mention. I feel like up. I
0: can take a guess. and Okay, it well, you're going to be wrong. And take the be. guess. Because you should pick that team, but I'm going to actually pick the Hornets. The Hornets mm. look good. Okay, so pretty good. Malik, I can see Jackson's face just completely dumbfounded. Malik Monk, everybody said had a Jordan-esque kind of way of playing. I
1: debate this with Jackson, by the way. I I would totally, no, I debate that the Hornets are a legitimate team. Oh, I don't know if they're going to be legitimate.
0: I don't know if they're going to be legitimate, but I really like Kemba Walker. I've always liked him. I love Kemba Walker. And the pairing with, with obviously, with Malik Monk, and Dwight Howard's looking okay. You know, like, he's serviceable. (laughs) He's serviceable. He's serviceable. (laughs) serviceable. You put him in the position, just like just the right position to succeed. I think he can still provide value.
1: Dwight Howard gets the worst rap out of anyone in the NBA, in my opinion. Not for, for good reason. For good reason, because he has so much potential with that frame. He should be a superhuman out there. That's why they called him Superman. It, it just bothers but, me. But g- comparative to the other players who just catch heat for the media. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about with all the expectations on Dwight Howard, wherever he goes, he could put up 20 and 15 with a team and it still won't appease people. Yeah, because that's a crazy thing. He's hated. He's just hated, but that could be good enough for a team like the Hornets.
0: Right. And so that's why I think they're going to be a playoff team. I was worried they, Excuse me, weren't going to be a playoff team because they lost Batum, but you know, they're looking okay. And when Batum comes back, I think they'll solidify six to maybe four seed kind of range. Anyway, Costantini, what do you think? What's the team you you want to look out for for the upcoming week? I'm kind of. Either negative or positive.
2: I'm kind of worried about the Spurs right now. They started out of. They're starting at four and four. That is not. Are you
0: worried because because of? Um, I'm blanking on the name right now. It's ridiculous. I mean, Kawhi's not Kawhi, playing Kawhi yet because Kawhi's still out. Kawhi is
2: still out, and that's a problem. They need it's him. It's serious.
0: They all summer he didn't practice much because his quad's so messed up, and I think that's on the same side where he had the bad ankle. Injury. This is
2: not what a Greg Popovich team looks like. They just. They look lost on the court right now. So
0: my MVP pick. I'm sorry to be selfish on this, but my MVP is looking good even more and more. What Giannis? Because I don't think Kawhi's is going to have enough time to come back.
2: I I don't know. I they desperately need Kawhi yet. Any positive
0: uh, teams that you're feeling positive about to look out for? I'm, for I'm positive about
2: the week? Miami Heat. They're getting Hassan Whiteside back. He's been out since the it's opener. Gonna help my fantasy. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely. Um, he's going to just help this team get boards, get blocks. He's going to be a rock on the defensive side. They're getting that big man back down low that can score the ball at ease. So uh, that's the positive I'm taking away for next week.
0: Um, So, you know, for me, Hassan is just like it's really annoying because he's such a whack kind of just presence on a basketball court you know he he has this attitude and then Joel Embiid could show up and just 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 mess him up you know like it, it just Hassan I'm just so drives Joel me. Embiid hype train. oh he's so good I'm so on the hype train because I'm called Christian Hoban I am so hyped for everybody who doesn't know Christian Hoban is an avid Philly oh, citizen I'm, I'm very in all in all Hoban. forms shapes and sizes he's a fan of Philadelphia
1: does he know he's rooting for a bottom feeder
0: I guess, but the 76ers, as I said, are going to be a five seed. And as of right now, oh, it's looking five
1: good. Seed. It's five looking seed, good. And I'll forever disagree with All you. All right, on that so
0: point. Berbers, who are? What's your positive and negative team? Uh, by the way, be-
1: before I get into my positive for this week, just mentioning your team, the Hornets. Uh, I was at one of the Hornets. No one's mentioned
0: the Thunder. This is really annoying. <laughs> I had to mention it once. I was going I, crazy. I was
1: at one of the Hornets playoff games last year against the Heat. It was one of the home games. Don't ask me why I was Mama in Charlotte. Man. I was on the way back. To, I was on the way down to Atlanta to watch a a, a Braves. We game. all know he went to a country club. All of course, because right. okay. you know
0: what that shirt he's looking
1: real fly today, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, but. That place is popping, and it made me like a half yeah. star like Hornets fan. No, it, it, it did.
0: But that's why, in fact, the 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 Hornets switch the the Hornets switched from the Bobcats to the Hornets because the 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 city really it was it's a great fan base. Enter the Swarm. And, and, and yeah, exactly. And you know, I really liked what they've done with the court in, in terms of their colors. Oh, and their it looks Can we great.
2: also talk about how they have the most subtle advertisement on their jersey ever? Instead of just having the what Nike is swoosh, sorry, what they went it? to the jo- the Jumpman logo. Oh
0: yeah, oh, that's yeah. That's dope. That's dope.
1: And then the whole buzz-buzz thing. It's just, it's just a great it's vibe good, there. It's good. But now let me get to my team, and this is pretty straightforward. It's not the team I'm positive about, but it's a team I want to see their production for the next week, and that is the Knicks. Um, because the three and four start, the positives with Porzingis. We're talking about them maybe as a team that could exceed expectations. Look what you have. You have the Suns tomorrow. Then you're going Pacers, Hornets, Magic. We're talking about the Pacers, our team that's surprised. The Magic are a team that's Who don't surprised. have
0: really Miles Turner back in game shape and, and, and all
1: that. And the Hornets are a team that's probably going to make the playoffs. So depending on how they perform in those three games, the Knicks could kind of lean me one way or another towards determining how relevant they are this year.
0: We talked about this a week ago. I mean, I could see the Knicks just because of the defense. And I know for a period the Knicks defense didn't look good the first two, three games of the season. But there were minutes that I saw them, stretches that I saw them against the Thunder where they just – the Knicks looked locked down and Courtney Lee's that leader that people really have kind of forgotten. I mean, he was a great player coming out of uh, uh, just an unknown player coming out of the draft. Great with the magic, then kind of forgotten. But Courtney Lee's got game and, um, you know, he's finally showing it in 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 a leadership manner. And I, I could see the Knicks squeaking in an eighth seed. I, I really wouldn't mind seeing that. I know that the fan base probably prefers a lottery pick, but I think New Yorkers are just tired of seeing the Knicks being a joke. I think they need the lottery pick. They're not it. Yeah, I know. I, know I don't they think need they it, do. But I think also emotionally for the city, I think, in the and also the organization it would have Just getting
1: help. some playoff games in New York after all that's happened with that franchise with Phil Jackson, etc. That's that's a really good thing to get two home playoff games in New York after everything that's went down throughout the past year. And this is just personally, my opinion, any sport, I'm not a big fan of tanks. I'm not a big fan of throwing away a season for one draft pick that could or could not work out. I think if you show progress, you can lure free agents. You can always make trades. You can trade up for a pick. As long as you show progress, you draw the fans back, you create that excitement, you you, you could do some things moving forward. Rebuilds can happen quickly.
0: Yeah, I can't really, I can't really say I dislike tanks because you know Sam Presti did that two years back to back, and the Thunder got Kevin Durant, Russ. I mean, he invented the tanking. Unfortunately, tanking has turned into something where a very clever, genius guy like Sam Presti creates and then the, the the more average intellect person takes it and then makes it like an abomination you hit it right
1: on the head there tanking takes a certain front office mind yeah. or a certain type of front office spurs mind. Did that the to get Tim Duncan. do not have that mind the Dolans do not have that mind whatsoever so you're talking about the thunder that's a nicely run organization they were able yeah. to make it happen The Knicks, not so much. So I think the Knicks would be better suited to go away from that route because I don't trust them to make the right picks. And then they could bring in free agent. New York's still an attraction, no matter what people want to say. Until the
0: ownership changes, there's going to be a stain on the Knicks, on the city for basketball and the NBA. Totally, it's just going to continue. I will end this on a positive note. I will mention that a team that people need to start giving more respect to are the Hornets, but also people need to start recognizing that the Timberwolves are gelling better than people thought, and the basketball savants on on ESPN are always just ragging on the spacing of the, the Timberwolves. But hey, Andrew Wiggins has been hitting clutch shots to win games. You know, his stats are now leading towards wins. And, and, you know, I'm worried as, as a Thunder fan because the Wolves look better than the 5 seed right now. They look like a 3 seed. And, you know, I think it's going to be nip and tuck between the Thunder and the Timberwolves to get the 2 or 3 seed right now. So, anyway, guys, for Pick and Pod, uh, this is Mir Gori and, and, and Matt Costantini and, and Emmanuel Berbers. I, I really got to say <laughs> – I'm just going to say Berbers for now. I'm sorry. Uh, Emmanuel <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I hope this was a good show for everybody. all had fun. I'm very comfortable in this chair. Let's hope <laughs> next week is going to be another good one. See ya.